Welcome to So Many Bits. I am your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial one-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Dan Schiffmacher. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, what was your favorite gift from the holidays? A tough one. I got both Pokemon Let's Go and Mario Party. And I haven't played a lot of Mario Party, so I don't know, but I really like Pokemon. Are so, you are uh, Let's Go Eevee or a Let's Go Pikachu, Pikachu. trainer? Pikachu. Pikachu, yeah. That was chosen for me, thank God. <laughs> But you so would not far, have been sure on your own. It was a I don't know. You know, I never played yellow, but, you know, it's it's so it's different enough for me. I mean, I played red and blue, but um, it's cool so far. I, that's, I think that so far is my favorite. Cool. I, I think my favorite is actually the gift I got from the, the white elephant slash dirty Santa or whatever you would call it exchange. Yeah. It's right next to you. It's that pillow that looks like a buffalo wing. Or kind of like a goldfish, actually. Kind of looks like goldfish, too. Yeah, yeah. Is that some, some? Did somebody make that, or did they? It's something you would get at like the airport, I'm guessing. Right. So this person had been to Buffalo before. Yeah this this was in Buffalo. Oh, okay, in Buffalo. Okay, I thought yeah. maybe I was thinking a work one or something, but that's cool. Buffalo wing goldfish pillow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, you know, Dan, we'll talk more about games you've been playing, like Pokemon, and then uh, later on this episode, we have an interview. Uh, forthcoming about the game Cold Calling. But first, we have to do some screen watching. I was outside watching some dear frolic. You don't even care about the outside, do you? And for this, we're going to be looking at the cartoon series Doug. <laughs> a Dear Journal, this was a formative cartoon for both of our uh, childhoods, I think, and this is going to be season two, episode two, Doug's Got No Gift, original air date, September 20th, 1992, exactly 500 years after Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Keep that in mind as we talk about it. It's very relevant. Uh, So, Dan, have you uh, seen Doug in like the past 20 years? You know, I haven't. 20 years, you know, I watched it when it was on, and I, I've never gone back to watch more of it. Maybe if there's, like, a rerun or something, I might. But, like, for the most part, no, I haven't uh, haven't seen it in a while. Me neither. I, that's not one of the series that I ever went back and, like, revisited later on. Yeah. Uh, but this episode, it, it stands out in my mind a little bit because of the subject matter. So Doug has to go to the mall to get a birthday gift for his crush, Patty Mayonnaise. Uh, he was invited to her birthday party. And uh, along the way, he stops and sees an arcade machine called Bag the Nematode. He was billed as like an interactive 3D game, but I didn't understand how like the 3D. Like they didn't do any kind of. He was wearing goggles, and but he seems like it was just a regular arcade game to me. Same here. Yeah, it was just like 2D kind of thing. You know, old school pixelated graphics, but you have to wear this advanced like helmet set up to go with it i guess to like maybe it, it's more of like a survival or a hunting game than i realized like you have to track the nematodes breathing and it's in body temperatures in the swamp yeah it, it was because like it had like it, it really tried to play up oh it's a video game so it's an arcade game and they you have to get your name and a high score and like they have this weird montage thing and he was wearing all this gear, and but he was just literally just moving back and forth trying to bag this nematode. And there wasn't like, I mean, at the time in '92, there wasn't like, oh, there's head tracking with the thing, or you know, like they're they're still in the Super Nintendo era of things and Sega Genesis. So like, it was as advanced, I guess, you know, as I guess the Power Glove or something. And Doug plays and he loses, but I guess he does a good job. At least Skeeter would have us believe that he did a good job. And then when Doug's like, okay, I'll play again, something really odd to me happens. Skeeter's like, hey, he's going for it. Y- yeah, I wasn't sure if that was a – what a part what, – was that real or in his mind? Because he did there's a lot of daydreaming in that episode. And <laughs> it's definitely a pretty funky daydream like right after that, yeah. like right before that, where it's like he's going to be a, a pro gamer before there were pro gamers. Right. And he's trying to look – Somehow he has slipped through time and he looks like how I think like a 2019 pro gamer would look. He's wearing like, he's like seven feet tall. Yeah. He's wearing giant platform yeah. shoes and suspenders and a beanie. 
Yeah. I, I, and, and the, the thing that got me after he like did it and like, he was like, all right, Hey, you did it. And like everybody cheers and everything. And it was like, and it wasn't like you're number one. It was, you got on the list. He was like number 40 something of the whole of the top. I don't know, 50, like what he was on the list that, and that was like just a thing to be. So why not at that point, make it number one, you're already in a, I don't know. You know. I guess maybe it is to like drive home how pointless the whole thing had been. Because like as Doug is playing, like his his money is dwindling away. The mm-hmm. money he was gonna spend on that birthday gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a beatball, a whatever. I still don't know what. I mean, I don't think I they get, ever actually played beatball on the show. Yeah, it's been a, a long time since you know we I've seen that show and. Beats were, you know, they're, they're the Beatles essentially, but like Beatball. If you go, you go flash later on to the the actual party for Patty, and everybody's getting her a Beatball, and they're all different like styles of Beatball, a formal Beatball. Uh, you know, it, had, it looked like it had a tux. You know, so it's like it looks like a rugby ball, but like different colors and styles. It's like, are these a collector item? Do you actually play with these? Like, I don't understand. And because they like baseball and basketball and football exist in this world, right? So beatball is something else entirely, right? Yeah, and and I don't know. It's like if if the NFL had designer footballs for games, that would be awesome. Actually. It would be pretty cool. Like I think that would be fun if there was more like personality to that kind of stuff. Well, maybe we should wait for the XFL. Oh yes, let's by all means let's <laughs> wait for the XFL to return. Uh huh. Uh, Doug plays back the nematode. He beats the game, but it came at a terrible cost. He ran out of money, and he has to make a gift. Like, and he went to the store, and he's like, "I'm out of money." And Skeeter's like, "Well, I hate when that happens." Like, Skeeter, you're, you're the you're the reason why. Yeah, Skeeter, not not a very supportive friend. Yeah, encourages eggs Doug on. Hey, when it's someone else's money, it's not your problem. Right, that's so Skeeter's he- motto. <laughs> He's just an enabler. Uh, so he just goes and has to make his own thing. Yeah, but it turns out he inadvertently what, – what the original thing was it was a towel rack, right? He was making a towel He's gonna rack. Make, he was going to make a towel. Well, he wanted to make a glider, but then it ended up being a towel rack, and it looks like this janky – I don't know. what. I don't know how – it looked like a shoe rack, but he called it a towel rack. rack. So that's what he ended up with. It was kind of like – you know, he used the neighbor's supplies to to make something. And then, um, by the way, was it exactly right now that you realize that they're named Mr. and Mrs. Dink because they're double income, no kids? Whoa. No. Yeah. I, that was totally lost on me when I was like, whoa. No, I had no idea that's what that meant. That's, I mean, I guess that is like actually a phrase. Like I've heard it now in like actual conversation or like reading stuff hmm. but yeah that, that's why they're mr and mrs dink wow 90s were pretty advanced for their uh the days and uh patty is pretty advanced because when she sees the gift she doesn't see a glider or a towel rack she sees a beats ball holder right yeah <laughs> and it, i mean it turned it just so happened that everybody else decided to get her a different type of beat ball and uh you know the optimistic person she is he was very nervous about the whole thing because people were like oh who makes gifts and then um she just like straight up put the beatballs in it and that was uh that was that yeah yeah Uh, i guess the moral of the story is make your gifts yeah and expect them to be used for unorthodox purposes that you never even imagined yeah you could use regular wood or reclaimed wood from like ships from christopher columbus's voyage Boom. Now, Dan, uh, as always with this, we need to rate this episode on three different categories. Those are accuracy, condescension, and entertainment. And just as with any video game, they'll be rated on a scale of 6 to 10. So let's start off with accuracy. For 6 being completely inaccurate to 10 being extremely accurate, how would you rate the video games in this episode? I feel like I'd give it... Like a seven. Like, I don't think, I think that, I mean, there were video games, so it was accurate, and he was, it looked kind of like an Atari game, 
but I the whole face thing with the VR and and all that it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, so I don't know. I don't say it's completely inaccurate, but there's some a lot of things that are like, what? What is this? I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm gonna give it an extra bonus because I feel like. Doug was ahead of his time in imagining that there would be a professional video game player. Okay. Like credit to his imagination for envisioning that world. Yeah. When did the, when was, was it Nintendo world championships? Is that 92? Yeah, they were, there was like 89 and 92. Okay. 90 T O O not 92. Okay. But there wasn't championship. In 92. So there was like a, and the whiz was so a little bit of taste of, uh, of that kind of, but like, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't think thought of it that way. And then uh, next is condescension. Mm -hmm. So if you don't think this was condescending towards gamers at all, give it a six. If you think it was extremely condescending, like Big Bang Theory level condescending towards gamers, give it a ten. Uh, I'd give it a six. I don't think it was. I think, if anything, it glorified what that was. I think it was more focused on the, the lesson of like don't spend all your money when you you know something like that but i don't think it was like there was a lot of condescension on making gifts but like i don't think there was as much for me with the actual video game part of it yeah same here i i didn't see that either i'd also have to give it a six like there was never a consideration like oh gaming that's that's poopy yeah no it made it seem i don't think they'd say poopy on doug though. yeah they believe it. Maybe on Rugrats. <laughs> Rugrats was a real hardcore show of the time. They, 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 I mean, I'm learning things about that show that I didn't pick up when I was a kid. Uh, so, condescension. <laughs> and then, uh, lastly, entertainment. On a scale of 6 to 10, where 6 is completely unentertaining and 10 is extremely entertaining, how would you rate this episode? Not like when I, like, just on the basis that I just saw it now. Because I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, in in the in the 2019 version of Dan, how I, would he? Rate I'd give it? it an eight. You know, I don't know. It was it was it was entertaining enough, but like you know, at this point, seen a lot of stories that are kind of similar to that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd give it an eight, middle of the road for me. I would give it uh, a six. I I think like. I probably I did like Doug a lot when I was a kid to be fair but the kind of it felt like it's kind of pretty bland moralizing that they're doing on the show where it's like yeah. trying to teach a lesson to children but like not with any sense of real pizzazz like the mm-hmm. the weirdest stuff that happens is like the imagination but in this case like the imagination is all is pretty uh thin so I mean uh, you know shows from that era that have held up better i don't know i'm not i'm not not taking doug back though okay fair enough (laughs) and so that concludes our screen watching segment dan uh we're gonna be heading off to our interview in a moment And we are back from break. I'm talking right now with Can't Get Enough or CGE Games about their upcoming uh, game called Cold Calling. Going around me to uh, to my left clockwise, I've got Tom, Austin, Cole, and Brett. Can you guys introduce yourselves for the listener, please? Yeah. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm the project lead on Cold Calling, and I also am the uh, lead programmer. Um, so I've done most of the programming for the, I guess, six months or so that we've been doing Cold Calling, and... I help out here and there on concept design and stuff like that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm Austin. I'm one of the artists on Cold Calling, and I'm also uh, one of the writers for you know dialogue and, and any kind of plot crazy stuff. I'm Cole. Uh, I'm also an artist on the team. Uh, so far, I've mainly done character art and some of the assets for the gameplay and UI. But yeah, that's my main sort of area of expertise. Hi, I'm Brett. I'm one of the concept designers, and I also worked on some of the sounds for the game. All right, excellent, guys. First off, just thank you so much for joining me to talk about this. But before we get into the game, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, your, your background in, in games. And my, my question to you would be, uh, starting going counterclockwise, uh, when did you decide 
that you wanted to be a game designer or have you yet decided if that's what you want to do for your career? Uh, well, growing up, I found like the biggest thing I would do with any of my friends for like any social gathering was just to play games. And we always kind of just make, make up some of the kind of like arbitrary games like on, on the playground or at each other's houses. And I think it was probably around like middle school. That's, that's kind of when I got into like starting to learn that coding is a thing and like how, how it's actually done. And so from, from then on, that's kind of when I decided that I wanted to pursue gaming as a career. So for me, like, I had a similar experience when I was younger, you know, playing games with your friends is something that you do to pass the time when you're a kid. And uh, I also ended up drawing a lot as well, so that became a skill that when I graduated high school, I was like, this is probably my most marketable asset at this point. <laughs> so I decided to um, focus on that as uh, a career and instead of using it in this sort of commercial space or the film space, I chose to focus on games because it's something that interests me more than those other two. Cole and I are both animators, but uh, I'm uh, I'm not a gamer. Uh, I mean, I'm a ga I play, you know, I play, okay. I play Fortnite, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'm not, I've never done, I've never done any game design uh, stuff or game art before this game. Uh, and I got introduced to it just because uh, Tom and Brett are my roommates and we did a, a game jam. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we did a game jam and I decided just like, oh, why not? I'll do the art for it. And now I'm uh, roped in and I can't leave. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really enjoying it, uh, doing game stuff. It's a good change of pace. Yeah, um, so I have a similar kind of backstory, I guess, a dramatic backstory as, as Brett and Cole. I played games a lot as a kid. Um, well, the first time I really got into uh, making games with a band, right around when I started playing like Nintendo games, around when we got a Wii was my first Nintendo console actually, I was a PS1 guy before that. I started doing uh, Super Mario World ROM hacking, I got into a group doing Super Mario Galaxy ROM hacking, um, which never, neither of those really went anywhere, but I started playing around with Game Maker at that point, I made a couple games in middle school. Um, then went on to you know Unity and trying out stuff like that. We're all students at DePaul University, um, so I am majoring in uh, game programming there. So I've been continuing that, and currently I'm interning at NetherRealm. Awesome. Now, if uh, for those of you guys who are at DePaul for game design, I, I was talking with a, a former student there, uh, Chris Wade. Uh, he okay, I see some nods. Yeah, he he worked on uh, a Sausage Sports Club. And just uh, one thing that surprised me personally was w knowing that there aren't many universities that have that kind of program. Like when you were, mm. if you were here for game design, when you were looking at schools, did that draw you to DePaul specifically? Definitely did. Um, one of the, I actually wasn't completely sure whether I wanted to do games or film when I uh, was looking for schools, but DePaul was, has a really good program for both of those. So that kind of informed why I chose it. Um, some of the other universities I went to around the area where I live, like hardly had any computer science stuff at all. Like one had that one that was literally inside like a house sized building and it was like a year or two old. And I was like, my dad and I were there and he's a computer scientist too. And they were talking about all their programs. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, DePaul definitely it's, it's, it's program for uh, at the CDM is, is fantastic. What about you, Brett? Uh, well, the big thing that brought me to Paul was just this location. I'm from the Northwest suburbs, so for me, it's actually really easy to travel back and forth. Yeah, honestly, just being able to like stay close to family, that's kind of the main reason I chose DePaul over any other university. Awesome. Now, it's, it sounds like you three of you are roommates with each other. But, uh, did you have any other prior relationship? Like, basically, how did you guys come together to be a team on this? Well, we've been roommates two years longer than we've been a team on this game, so it was that first. Yeah, we, we were when we we were friends like on the on campus housing freshman year, so which is why we got an apartment. Yeah, the fact that three of us are in the same apartment made I guess signing up for that first game jam last uh, about this time last year uh, that much easier, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And also Cole uh, Cole isn't Cole's yeah, not I don't live with them. <laughs> he, yeah, he doesn't live with us, but he he's our good good friend. He lives with us in spirit. <laughs> That's very powerful. Thank you. I know, yeah. Yeah, he sleeps, yeah, <laughs> like Harry Potter. Um, but yeah, I mean, being roommates, I think, has made it, like, tremendously helpful uh, making this game because, like, when we have meetings and stuff, we can just, like, 
do it in the living room or whatever yeah and i mean obviously like you know we're always around each other and and we get along already so it's been really helpful i think uh for making the game now you talked about a little earlier that this game came out of a game jam i Mm -hmm. i have a vague idea of a game jam so if you don't mind maybe you could walk me through uh, a few of the steps of what that is like just first off uh like how do you find out about a game jam and then what do you do before it starts so uh, for this game jam we worked on, we worked on for Global Game Jam of last year. Um, the, a, a club that I work with, uh, Defrag, we uh, host a Global Game Jam site at Depaul. So we get like a prompt from them like uh, a few days before the event happens. We'll get like a bunch of teams to kind of set up, uh, you know, like get your programmers, get your artists together. And then like once everyone's cried in the room, we all get the same prompt at the same time so that from there on, we have from like the Friday night to the Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon to work together on, on that game. So the idea is to kind of like work as much as you can, try to like spend all, all night working on it. Honestly, very little sleep happens during those game jams. I was half delirious when we delivered yeah. the game that morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> the other guys, you guys slept a little bit, I think, yeah. but I was like, you know, getting down every last bug I could by that point, I was I was almost out of it. What was the average amount of sleep you each you got collectively for like the weekend? Do you think? I don't think I, I don't think any of us slept from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah, I would say like it couldn't have been more than eight hours for the whole weekend, right? Definitely. Yeah, but and the, <laughs> normally, wow, slacking. And now we all have gray hair, and Cole still has a lovely black head of hair. He's being very diplomatic and hiding it under his hat yeah, so as not to shame that. the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, we all look horrible. Now, you get the prompt for what the, uh, I guess, the, the subject or maybe the topic of the mm-hmm. game jam is. The theme, yeah. Do you have ideas in mind coming into it, or is it all just, like, off the dome when you get there? Uh, so... Brett is in deep. I don't know if you knew what the theme was beforehand. I, I technically did, but I didn't let that dissuade myself from what I would want to work on. I had I had ideas of like possible like uh, gameplay styles I kind of want to work on, but it also kind of depended on what everyone else wanted to work with. Typically, though, you will not have any idea what this. I, I think it's always one word theme is coming in, and the theme for last year was the word transmission. And as soon as the theme drops, people start thinking about it. So. Uh, I've done one game jam before, and a good rule of thumb is to spend the first hour brainstorming and nothing more than that. If you're still brainstorming past that, you're you're behind schedule. So we spent the train ride back figuring out what we wanted to do, and we really nailed it. I think we like, did. I, I, we came. We figured out the idea really quickly, and yeah. it really resonated with all of us. I think. Yeah, because we very well. Yeah, because a lot of times, and maybe this is because we're all friends and stuff, but a lot of times, uh, people will have issues with game jams just because you know you have a team of maybe you don't know everyone or maybe people have different ideas because you spend a lot of time arguing like, well, I want to do a battle royale mode, I want to do a Minecraft, Minecraft or whatever. Jaws yeah, game. very easy to implement ideas. Yeah, one hundred percent multiplayer exactly. shooter. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah. Cold calling in its original form was a battle royale. But, uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, you heard it exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> then it was a dating sim with the presidents, and then it was this. Yeah, yeah. we settled, but it's still good. Um, but yeah, game jam—it's really fun, and obviously, it—I uh, think the spontaneity of it allows for some really unique uh, ideas and and cool gameplay mechanics that you might not think of otherwise. Now, once you have an idea of what direction you're heading. Uh, when you're figuring out who's going to do what responsibilities, I, I like I, I understand you have different skill sets, but is there like someone who's taking the lead on that, or is it more like uh, more communal and divvying up who does what? I don't know. Was I the? I don't know if I was really the project manager. I guess I I definitely was active in getting everyone on schedule since I had done a game jam before. 
but there was nothing formalized in the two days we spent working on this. Yeah, and I think because it's such a short time frame, everyone kind of has to just pull, like everyone pulls their own weight pretty much because there's like so much content that has to be produced in such a short amount of time that pretty much everyone is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's coming up with ideas as it goes on. And from there, it's like people kind of want to work on the ideas that they worked on while still using like their skill sets. Mm -hmm. There's very little time to figure out who's in charge, I would say. Yeah. That's probably for the best for a game jam. Because now that we've moved on like past the demo and the, and the game jam build, uh, obviously we have like a bit more structure and, and chain of command and that kind of thing. But like back during the game jam, it was sort of just like we have to just pump out as much as we can. Now with that deadline, uh, did you have like goalposts in mind at the uh, hour zero and did they shift at like hour 12 or like hour 20 no i'm, I'm seeing some no not really I, yeah i feel like we pretty much held to like what we wanted to get done yeah like i don't feel like we were ever rushing or at least on the mic yeah other than what tom said about like spending the hour getting the idea everything else just kind of came together as it as we got it there wasn't really yeah there were no deadlines set during the course of the weekend and we didn't really did we we didn't really cut any any content, did we? We I mean we nothing that made it out of the prototyping phase uh, or the 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 idea generating phase. I don't think we really cut any of that. Um, so we I think we, it was really. It, I think it went so well because of just a remarkably like lucky. Idea that we yeah. kind of stumbled upon. <laughs> yeah. On um, that train. Now I, I was kind of curious because with the Cold War setting, I mean. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So, like, when I was a kid... In the Cold War. During the Cold War, and I was wondering... Uh, I mean, I, I was eight when the Berlin Wall fell or something like that. Uh, like, for for you guys, it's all, like... That's even more further in the past. Like, what, what drew you to this uh, period of time? Uh, the initial thing was the... We, we wanted to do... Um, something involving like radio or TV or telephones because of the transmission. Um, and we all kind of agreed that would be kind of a fun thing to explore as opposed to like transmission of diseases, which another team did and stuff like that. So that's how we got onto the telephone thing. I think then, I don't even remember who came up with the switchboard idea. I, I remember, I don't know if it was me, but I remember thinking that the, the idea of, of switchboard, like something kind of puzzle related with, with uh, using wires in a switchboard uh, would be really cool. And obviously, you know, switchboards were only used like in the 60s and, and seven, early 70s, maybe. but Yeah. Uh, so I think the whole Cold War thing just kind of fell naturally into place. I'm personally, I really like Cold War history, Cold War uh, design especially. Mm -hmm. um, so that worked well for me as well. Uh, so did you, was it you then, Tom, who came up with the idea? Or like, did you assign certain sounds to the different world leaders? Like, who, how did that come about? Like, because I, I feel like I can sense like almost a Boston accent from the Kennedys. Okay, so um, <laughs> the the build that we sent that I sent you uh, is not the game jam build. It's from much much later. It's from November, um, and the the game was actually very different during the game jam. I would say. Well, in that it, I mean, in terms of gameplay, it was pretty much the same. But the big difference is that it didn't have any uh, plot elements because you know we did it in such a short amount of time. So there's no there was no dialogue or. or uh, little cutscenes or anything like that. It was yeah. just purely the. It was the purely wire. assigning direct this call from this person yeah. to this other person. The story came once we decided to make it into a full game. Yeah. But um, but the like the art for the world leaders, the general design of it is the same. It's yeah. been polished more since then. But yeah, like the the art went really well for such a short time. I think. Yeah, but Brett worked on the the sounds for the, the so leaders. So what I did for all the characters is I actually took. Um, radio broadcasts or, or TV, TV showings of, like, that person, or if, if not, someone, like, very closer, and I would kind of just, like, distort their audio, like, speed it up a bit, and just kind of get, like, single syllables from that. So, like, in, in a way, they kind of are, like, speaking through our game, but, but at the same time, it's still, you kind of get that uh, gaming garble that you get with, like, you, you see with a lot of things, like, from, like, Banjo-Kazooie or... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, if you listen to... Uh, well, actually, Nixon isn't in this demo, but Nixon is one of the characters... And like, I think the first one we did with him, and we took the it, the uh, I from I am not a crook, uh, to be that, and we narrowed it down to that syllable, and it sounded it sounded cool when we did it the first time. So we're like, yeah, let's do this for all the characters that have recordings of them. Awesome. Now you, you mentioned this is something that changed between the game jam and the, like the Logan Theater night. Uh, what else changed, but from then until also then? Uh, well, so we we added the plot elements of 
of the cutscenes and all the different characters uh, interacting and stuff. Uh, the art style we refined a little bit more. Uh, Cole and I took heavy inspiration from the art style of Papers, Please, uh, with the kind of pixelated, uh, but not it's not 8-bit or 16-bit or anything like that. It's a little bit more uh, defined. Um, but during the demo, we kind of, like, it was a little muddy. So we, we refined that uh, a lot more and made the sprites more defined. Let's see what the else. sprites were animated in the new in our. Oh yeah, that's version. right. Yeah, the sprites are animated now. They have expressions and they blink and whatever. Uh, and uh, what else is in the de in the demo now? That's um, it? it's mostly yeah the story elements. Um, as far as gameplay, it's pretty much the same right now, which is something we're we're working to develop further for our next milestone. Is there an overall? Uh, like winner or is there like recognition given to certain projects? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there was. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there. During the default version of the Global Game Jam, we have some members of faculty kind of giving a critique and their own opinions on some of the show showings there. And at the end they do re reward like, you know, what their favorite pick was, what their top pick was. And, we, and our game code calling actually did get uh, top praise at, at the DePaul Global Game Jam site. And, and there was the popular vote, too. Yeah, there was audience pick, and we won that one, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice, guys. <laughs> it's, not a, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Just saying. <laughs> so, uh, you, I mean, you already had the, the game jam experience, but what was it like being at the Logan Theater? Like, I, I was there last year, and that, it was a mob. Yeah, so I was the only one who was able to make it to that event, um, which was probably for the best because it was extremely crowded there. It's a very small room with a very large number of people, um, so there wasn't really there was hardly room for everyone to stand around. Um, basically, um, you know, they have these tables along the walls, and I set up my um, my laptop with like a promotional image or whatever, and then we had um, Cole let me borrow his tablet to demo the game because it's it's really meant for for touchscreen. Um, if you think about like dragging the wires around the screen and stuff like that, it just flows better that way. Um, so basically I demoed the game for the like five judges who came around um, and then the all the other guests there. It was a playtesting event, so uh, the idea was to let people play the game and then ask for feedback about how the, the game played. Um, and I got a lot of good feedback. I got a lot of feedback particularly about um, how well the game explained itself, um, how well the puzzles or how intuitive the puzzles felt. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we're still working on in terms of teaching the player how to play it because that's something that was a weak point definitely. Did you have any specific moments where someone kind of came up, came by, and like the way they got it was like either like they were like, "Oh, what's this?" and it's like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> uh, almost every person who played the game struggled to understand the puzzle mechanics. Um, which was partially a result of not having a proper tutorial. I essentially just shoved in some JPEGs <laughs> of JPEGs. how to play. <laughs> that Some of that has since been remedied into an interactive tutorial. Um, yeah. So uh, the after I explained how to play, most people got it, but it was, def it was a definite weak point there. So that was the biggest piece of feedback. Um, on the other hand, we got a lot of, n again, nearly every person, even those who struggled with the game, complimented the, the art which I would say was definitely the strongest point um, for the demo there. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I totally admit that I did not have the opportunity to play the game uh, prior to sitting down with you, but I did, I did watch the, like, a YouTube video that showed the gameplay. Yeah. And maybe one thing that didn't immediately leap out to me, but I, was, I thought it was pretty cool when I saw it in action, is like the juggling of the cables as the signal is transmitted. Mm -hmm. That might not be something that people like, immediately it might not come to mind for them that that's how it's going to work. Yeah, definitely. Th that's definitely something that we kept in mind is the, and that we're, we want to expand on more is the idea of, of uh, delaying the, the call dot as we call it uh, by sending it through loops of wires uh, so that it can line up with the right, you know, caller. Yeah. Whatever. There's a number of puzzle elements there. And I think the fact that the calls move pretty slowly at first uh, or the calls move pretty slowly and there's only one on screen, it makes it seem like, Oh, this is going to be a, pretty simple experience but as soon as you like literally when you throw even two or three calls at the person at once it gets insane that's when we get you so <laughs> and then uh how did you find out that you uh had won the prize for the game to play test night 
they emailed us and yeah. I emailed <laughs> well, my guys. Um, Pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, I mean, good storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting at my desk at work. <laughs> no, um, uh, I think for us, we were actually really surprised. I was like, extremely I, surprised. Definitely. Uh, we, you know, we were excited to even be in the event, and we were like, "Wow, this is really cool." Tom got to see the actual games there, but I mean, he said there was like a lot of really cool stuff there so. i didn't think i definitely didn't think that we were going to win there were a lot of really polished looking games that looked like they mm-hmm. played really well um there so mm-hmm. uh i was surprised as well yeah sometimes you just rise to the top apparently <laughs> <laughs> what is that what is that <laughs> yeah but it was oh, yeah. it was great yeah it was Very really cool. good surprise yeah and it'll be really fun to go to c2e2 uh, in March and see what kind of stuff we can show off. Yeah, so for you got C2E2 coming up mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of have alluded to it already, but like what are the next steps for this project? Do you envision somewhere down the road making it available for sale on like Itch or like on Steam? Uh, yeah, that's what we're aiming for mm-hmm. is a full game to sell. Um, so right now, a lot of our focus at the moment is art polish, yeah. uh, for, especially for some of the non-character art. For the like the switchboard and stuff, you guys want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the iron is bad now, and we're making it good. Uh, that's the goal. <laughs> Just that simple. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we we uh, are polishing the art, but luckily um, we have all the the whole game mapped out, like in terms of of scripting and as in like like writing, not like whatever code scripting is. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have the script. We have all that stuff worked out. So, uh, and, and luckily, the design of our game makes it so that uh, a lot of the assets can be reused, you know, because it's all repeating characters and stuff with all the funny presidents. Uh, so it's mostly just plugging away at art and, and refining the code and, and that kind of thing. And I hope that we can... I don't know if we'll... I mean, I guess we want to sell it on Steam or we were talking about maybe, like, pitching it to a developer or i don't i'm not really like dialed into that world as much but um yeah i think i mean we have a lot of potential i think to to expand it which is exciting yeah um as far as like long-term plans um some form of publishing it would be great but in terms of like uh gameplay that we're still working on is um giving the player more agency to affect the direction the story takes Mm -hmm. because it kind of plays out at the moment as much more of a like a half visual novel at this point than we anticipated when we were doing the game jam yeah like at that point it was 100 percent puzzle game but now it's like half puzzle game and half visual novel so i feel like there's some yeah dating sim uh and i feel like there's some expectation of being able to 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 guide the story in some way so we're working on a, a system of allowing the player to do that based on like manipulating who gets what calls mm-hmm. and, um, wire and, tapping. Like and wire tapping yeah. and stuff like that like it's it's giving you you're no longer the anonymous uh switchboard operator you're now this person who is unbeknownst to all these world figures kind of manipulating what's going on yeah and it it, it opens up a lot of opportunity for funny dialogue with you know lbj yelling at uh, bobby kennedy or whatever <laughs> crazy sort of stuff we do <laughs> yeah question for you brett i, I was looking at a doodle gun and uh like i was really impressed with like the way the the artwork works it's uh i you know it's maybe i don't know how simple or complex it is i, I like the intro it's like something that's completely different from what i would normally see yeah yeah thanks yeah actually um with, with that one I, that was actually done in a uh, solo game dev class so I, I was in charge of like working on like all the different aspects of it rather than you know like focusing on, on one particular part um yeah actually with, with that intro it's actually i just filmed myself <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way you, you get an, animated it's true that is true yeah it's reference footage like yeah the charming music kind of like add, add, adds to the tone of the game and I, I i think it came out really well i don't know what what is the i don't know about this game what's the what is uh, the intro the idea is that it's like it takes place in a notebook. You play as this little robot, and you shoot these other like stickman doodles mm. going at you. But there's like other monsters that kind of pop out as well. Like, each each object in the game is like drawn as well. So you, you see like uh, you, you hear like a pencil drawing them in. Like um, they're kind of moving as well. Like before they are fully drawn, so you kind of have, have that to, have that to deal with. 
Nice. So I, I got a sense of where uh, cold calling is headed. And I, I assume that for uh, for Tom and Brett, that this is the track you're going down for the foreseeable future with game design. Uh, for Austin and Cole, yeah. I, I was wondering, like, <laughs> oh, uh, God. I, I, do you have, <laughs> like, do you do you have a general idea of like, do you want to stick with game animation or animation in general, or? I really like cold calling, and I'm I'm happy to work on it, and uh, I'd love to continue working on. Uh, whatever can't get enough games continues to make, but I'm really more in, I'm interested in in television, really, uh, like cartoons and that kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> I'm hoping to I don't know I guess I'll probably have to move out to LA and and work on on that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm mostly interested in writing and uh, character animation and that sort of thing in television. I'm not really game focused at all. Yeah, got yeah, a cool guy. Yeah, cool He's guy. Better than everyone else. <laughs> Does that okay. make you cold than the uncool guy, or just like uh, yeah, you're, not, you're not you're not worried about labels? So uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it's the coolest thing so yeah, yeah, that's just me. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, um, I do intend to follow a career path that includes working on games. I I don't see myself wanting to move to LA uh, because. I don't want to, pretty much. I don't really want Curse to either. City. Curse yeah. that awful place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as of right now, like the most viable option for me that I've like actually had some uh, success in is like doing freelance work for uh, random people, and also with this animation collective oh, I'm yeah. a part of with. I'm awesome. in I'm also in the in the <laughs> yeah, <yes>. different thing. <laughs> and two other animators. Uh, we've done some pretty cool jobs for music some videos music and stuff. Yeah, artists. Mm-hmm. yeah. musicians. So looking, they're yeah. called, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, yeah, so we're looking into expanding that as well, and hopefully branching that into a business. Yeah, I forgot about that. Where we yeah. can just live and work, uh, yeah. and make money and buy food and stuff I don't know. yeah and eat it yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat that. do it again eat the broccoli cubes yeah yeah all right so i have then one last question that so this is a, a collective question for everyone i ask this of all my guests because i think there's a shared knowledge of like pokemon in the world that a lot of us can bond over so everyone's getting we prepared we prepared yeah we we prepared can we each say our own one or should we say it as a group if you if you can come up with your own then we know this has been a prime subject for we talked about this on the way so just to refresh the audience uh if you can each name then three pokemon one of which you would want to own as a pet one which you would want to be and one which you would like to eat yes yeah. yeah. Uh, so whoever's ready first, you can go around. Sure. Yeah. Tom, you can start. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we're all looking at our phones right now. By the way, we all have. Yeah, like we all made lists. Open. I'm just so psyched that you immediately. Yeah, we knew. Yeah. Well, we listened to like two episodes, uh, two episodes of your podcast just to get acquainted, I guess. And I realized that you asked this of everyone, so we were like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> um, my, I would want Knocked Owl as a pet because I like owls. Um, bec- I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> compelling. Uh, I I would want. I think it's pronounced Zatu, uh, the bird guy with the green, the head. big bird man. I want. I would want to be him because he looks like a wise fellow, and I want wisdom someday too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would want uh, to eat cloister because I want to see how that oyster tastes. There you go. Always looking for that oyster. Always looking for that oyster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me next. All right, so I would want to be Machoke because he's a buff Chad. (laughs) 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 And even though this is an audio format, but I'm not actually a buff Chad, Uh, even though my voice (laughs) might sound like it. Yeah, I'm a string bean. Uh, So I'd want to be that. I would want to, as a pet, I'd want Aegislash or the the sword Pokemon, you know, because then I just have a sword. That's pretty good. And you can hold it, hold the sword, just swing it around. Yeah. And then I would want to eat Muck. Uh, just because <laughs> just I don't know like yeah they put him in a bowl and slurp him up like a smoothie I could drink him as like a protein smoothie as when I'm a choke as my post-workout routine yeah anyway so that's me yeah that's him uh, so for me I just picked uh, Farfetch to have because I like birds and I'll you know 
and leaks. It always, yeah, it always like weirded me out how this one bird just randomly has a leak, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just have that wherever I go, I guess. No, uh, to be so the thing like with the bee question, which always weirded me out about Pokemon in general, is like a lot of them have like human level intelligence <laughs> <laughs> well like Mewtwo yeah yeah sure. like Mewtwo you know you Lucario. got Incineroar and Smash and stuff and he smiles at the camera so it's kind of yeah weird. you know he's th- <laughs> he has thoughts so he has thoughts and emotions so I didn't want to be like you know some dog or whatever so I, just, <laughs> I just picked Lucario because I was like you know he's a he's a man he has powers and stuff he's basically cool a guy. man yeah he's just a man trapped in an animal yeah, and people get to own him for some reason. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to eat, I chose Tangela because you could just like grab a fork, twirl it up, and slurp down on that <laughs> long noodle <laughs> and see who's inside. <laughs> see the creature underneath. Yeah, yeah those are my three picks. All right, uh, not to be twice the chat, but I want to be a Machamp. What? Oh, wow. Dang. It's not for, like it's not actually for. Yeah, yeah. It's because he has the forearms, and I feel there's actually a lot you can do with that, okay? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, there is. I would totally go for an Arcanine, because I'm a, I'm a huge dog person, and have, having, you know, being able to shoot fire at will is a pretty cool thing to have. Nice and cool tricks you can do. With fire. <laughs> and, and and, uh, imagine them. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining it. And then for eats, I would probably have to go with lick a tongue. Oh, it's, yes. it's, like, I, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about the tongue part. That part's totally on the side. But like, main feature. I, I, feel, I feel there's a lot of good like meat to eat there. <laughs> I feel like lick a tongue would just eat you. Like he'll lick you all over. Well, I think in this scenario you were presented with a dead lick a tongue. Right? Is it? Is that? Yeah. Clarify your question. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not like diving on a Pokemon in the wild with like teeth there. It, it, it's it's for, it's at a restaurant. Oh, it's at a restaurant. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, you get the Pokedex and they're like, all right, which one would you like to leave? That would be an awesome restaurant. The, we'll go to the daycare and. Wow. Oh, we'll, oh we'll we'll do what needs to be I'll done. If yeah. there were like a oh, restaurant, shit. if there were like a restaurant dishes inspired by each pokemon that would be awesome there probably has been something like that i'm, I'm sure in japan they've got like one of those pop-up shops that's like yeah. so guys just thank you so much uh well, yeah. last before last time before you go uh where can we reach you where if you want to be reached online uh either individually or with uh, cge yeah so uh the twitter account for cold calling is at uh, cge underscore games uh, can't get enough games uh, and we'll be posting updates about the game there. Um, I am at Peaks and Geeks because I like Twin Peaks. <laughs> I'm a big geek for Twin Peaks. Uh, and that's me. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, for cold calling the Twitter, um, I since I'm an artist, I use Instagram. <laughs> so you can follow my Instagram if you want, which is Austin Can Draw, um, and I post all sorts of wacky, crazy stuff there. You'll will surely be titillated and amazed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, same here with Instagram. So you can find me at defunct. So it's like spelled like my name. So it's D E F U N C K T, because you know it's a little funny pun. But yeah, I post all my art stuff, and I'm hoping to do a lot more 3D modeling this year. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at, at prankster, <laughs> but the A is an eight. Is he- Heck yeah. You, know, you, you, you gotta have, like, lead a little bit, you know? Yeah, lead yeah. speak. It's the year 2005. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks. that time bill it is almost that time and in preparation of bill's magic minute dan is getting out his watch so dan for this segment i'm going to be talking about magic the gathering on a predetermined topic and in this case it'll be about a combination that i have seen in the new spoiled cards but first i need to randomly determine how much time i'm going to have so i just need to roll 3d20 here in order to figure out how much of that minute I'm actually going to get to use. Oh, okay. I get 13 seconds. 
13 seconds. I have 13 seconds to talk about the combination I have seen. Okay. Ready? Go. Looks like there's going to be a good combo for the Gruul decks out there. There is a new three-mana enchantment that gives Riot to all creatures that enter play. Riot allows for a plus one, plus one counter or haste. But there's also a creature that when it gets... And that's it. Okay. (laughs) Next time, maybe I'll get a little more time and I can finish up the combo. You'll have to figure out the other half yourself. So yeah, Dan, I think that brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, if you want people to find you anywhere online or you got any projects you'd like to tell us about, this is the time. All right, I think the main project that I've been working on uh, is Weird Booze Weekend Chicago. Uh, basically, we try some, uh, it's just 12 episodes. Each episode's a different liquor. I grab, grab a gr- bunch of people, uh, three people panel every episode, uh, mainly made of Chicago residents. Um, Try it, and then we try it with Malort uh, and, uh, <laughs> to see if Malort tastes good. And uh, there's one episode that it does. Uh, oh. So um, I am in post-production with that right now. But there's a small teaser trailer, so if you're listening, go to the Facebook page and just like it, and you can see the different behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, and there should be an official trailer, hopefully by the end of January um, or you know soon. So um, check it out. That's what I, I would say. And they can follow you at, like, at ain't got no tweets yeah, to my, get my, updates. Yeah, my Twitter is uh, ain't got no tweets. I'll post uh, updates for stuff there um, sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're on Twitter, go there. Awesome. Well, as for us, uh, I can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. We're still on Tumblr. We made it through the purge. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Spreaker, from SoundCloud, from YouTube, from Spotify. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. Those are Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central. Wednesday, usually for card games, usually Magic the Gathering Online or MTG Arena. Thursday for more of a variety of games. Recently, I played all the way through this game Asura's Wrath. Uh, it's a 2011 360 game that's kind of a little under the radar. Took a look at that. Uh, We'll be coming back with more uh, Let's Plays coming up pretty soon, I think. And last but not least, please thank you very much, and have a great summer.